look, I, I was in bodybuilding myself and most people that are up there are not happy. Mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. They're not really happy. They think the answer lies somewhere more in the future, somewhere with more achievements. So it's teaching people to first and foremost realize who they are and what they you know, appreciate themselves in the present and then take that person and take that person to the next level. Yeah. Rather than trying to find the happy person in the future. Welcome to Press Play, where each episode we meet someone new. You might have heard of them, maybe you've met them before, or even better, you have no idea who they are. So come with me. I'm Chanel Kari, and let's meet. Hello everyone, welcome back to Press Play. Today we have a very special guest joining us. He is many things. First and foremost, a personal trainer slash fitness coach. He's trained in martial arts since he was about eight years old, trained in the army reserves, has a, or is midway in completing his bachelor of arts, majoring in philosophy, and is now both a parent, business owner, and all round very wise legend to talk to. We have Callum Pereira. Welcome, Callum. Wow, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much for that, that epic intro. <laughs> Thanks deserved, for having me. It deserved an epic intro. So I first met Callum when I trained back when you were running your own gym back, I think it was about 2016. But I think what initially really drew me to continue training with you was how you approached training and you focused so much on how we learn and adopt certain behaviors. And it was the first kind of, I think, intro that I had on how training has so much more to do with your mind than it does your body. That's what kind of, yeah, got me hooked onto that. What I guess first led you firstly to enter the health and fitness industry? Mm. So what led me? Mm. I think I think something did lead me in the sense that it dragged me. <laughs> it wasn't really something I was chasing it wasn't it wasn't a goal of mine it wasn't um something that i was aiming towards um health and fitness is something i suppose like you were describing um with your sort of realization i realized things Mm. about the human condition about the body about language about the way we just interact you know um and i was quite fascinated with how human beings learn and how we we adapt and how we evolve and how we have this sense of ourselves so i didn't chase it as as in terms of like a, a vocation or an occupation it was just um it fell upon me because uh, I, I don't know i just i was teaching people as a martial arts instructor i was teaching children and um i had a lot of students so to do that i had to get certain certifications you know to do that legally to run classes yeah, just one thing led to another and a friend of mine was like, hey, you know, if you can just level up a little bit more, you can get a job at a gym. And it just sort of started like that. And um, yeah, I didn't I didn't actually realize it was going to turn into, turn into what yeah, it did. this whole rabbit hole of, you know, like inquiries. And yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely. I guess if you were to talk about your martial arts section of it. So you sort of started when you were eight. Yeah. And then when did you actually begin training other people, I guess? So there was one particular style that I, that I mastered and I became a black belt and I um, was an instructor and um, I think the thing with martial arts is part of it is you learning and then part of you is le- is also learning how to teach others and they kind of take okay. you through this journey without you realizing um, that in order to complete yourself you have to also be a teacher 
So halfway through That's it, yeah, because they kind of throw you into like, okay, it's time for you to take the warm up, or it's time for you to do this, and I want you to show the beginners how to do this particular technique, and it's done in this way that you're not really aware that it's going on, you know? Right, even when you were younger. You're not really aware that that's kind of how it goes down. You know, that that's really what it is to be a martial artist is that you're simultaneously the taught and the teacher. And it's happening at the start. You're like you're purchasing a class and you're paying and you're like, you got to go to classes and it's a product at the start and, and you like it for whatever reason. And um, as you go through it, you know, martial arts in its true in its true essence is like you can't complete your mastery unless you can really learn how to teach. You have to learn how to speak, not in words, but how to, how to teach, how to speak and be spoken to. So mm. it kind of happens in that way. And, and um, I guess they saw something in me. You know, your teachers always see something in you that you don't see. And they guided me in this particular direction. I had some amazing teachers and mentors and sifus and I didn't know, like, at one point I was like, why are you guys making me do this stuff? You know, why are you making me run classes? Like, I'm the one paying here. And, you know, like, it's kind of like that. It's like you're yeah. using me as an employee. But when you, when you sort of matured through it, you sort of realize it. You cannot complete mastery without doing that, without um, actually teaching. You learn yep. more about yourself as a teacher. That's really interesting. I never realized that it taught you the two. It's like two sides of a coin, yeah. I guess. And it sort of instilled that. And because you were so young, I feel like, you're a sponge when you're younger, yeah. so you almost absorb all of that. Do you think that that would be your biggest, or what, I guess, would be your biggest takeaway that you felt instilled in your you know, mindset from doing that at such a young age? I think so. I mean, I can't speak to everyone who does martial arts. I know a lot of martial artists. Mm. Everyone will take their piece from it. And maybe the way that I learn and the way that I, the kind of sponge that I was, yeah. how I absorb things. Um, just gave me this perception, this this perspective on what martial arts means. And I see it as, as an art, the art side of it, not the combat side of it. You know, it's, yep. it's the art side that I'm really drawn to and I, I'm still drawn to. The fighting is just a, a medium. It's just, you know, it's not really um, about fighting. It's it's mm. about the, the, the art. You know, there is artistry like music, like dance. Um, there's an art to it. Yeah. Uh, it's only when you sort of realize balance can you master the art. You can't just pick an extreme and run to it. Um, so I think it's shaped me in that way. And I think maybe as a child, I've always been yearning some sort of balance. So this was a vehicle for that. And it stuck with me, you know. I mean, as a kid, you're just, I'm just, just a, yeah. You know, I like, I love the Ninja Turtles. Up. I loved all that stuff. Yeah. So maybe it was just something superficial like that, you know, as a kid. But uh, growing up now and, and, you know, in hindsight, I can just sort of be like, yeah, like that's how I would define what it means to me like in that yeah. way yeah, and it's probably not the same for everyone but yeah yeah definitely in any type of fitness style there's always a, a way i guess they approach you know the body and the mind and how they work together how would you say they approach that in in martial arts in your particular type of training i think martial arts in general anyone who is a martial artist it's it's kind of the same thing there is no mind and body it's just mind body like it's not right. it's not a duality it's not like there is this and then there is this um once it kind of enters into the commercial realm and you know gets sold outwardly it's like oh it's a mind and body but really it's there's no there's no separation unless you are a martial artist or maybe a dancer i would say mm -hmm. um it's very hard to 
you know, there's a mind, there's, there's the intellectual part where that studies and learns and becomes intelligent. And then there's the physical part, which gets strong or looks good or looks a certain way or things like that. And we go, okay, now we've got to put them together. But through martial arts, it's kind of like, they're just developing together. They're mutually, they're, they're mutually arising, you know, yep. they come, they come as a total package. So most treats it as one. It's thing. one thing. Yeah. Like one thing just feeds the other. It's, it's kind of like the, the bees and the flower, you know, you can say there are bees and there are flowers, but it's bee flower. They can't exist without each other. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's kind of like that. I think that's really the, the magic of martial arts. And there are other, other activities that are like that too. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. There was one thing that I that we chatted about previous to this recording that really stood out to me. But you had said that your fascination from lear- of learning had kind of come from animals. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as a child, again, I, 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 I you don't I don't have wisdom as a child. You know, like mm. it's just impulse. <laughs> yeah, it's just straight impulse. And um, so I had a lot of pets growing up. And um, maybe it's just, you know, the childhood control freak when you're a child and, and me being the, the oldest child as well. There's, there's a degree of control freak in you and just having animals sort of like sort of bowing to you kind of thing <laughs> as a child. It's just like I, I own these creatures, you know, and they, I can train them and yeah, I can teach them to okay. sit and I can, you know, it's like that. Yeah. And there's something magical about, wow, like I can, like parents are telling me what to do. I can teach an animal how to sit, yeah. you know, like there's something about that. As a child, it's like I have power for once. And I'm not like that now in terms of like, I don't really, I don't have any pets anymore. I'm not really interested in having animals anymore. But I think as a child, that's ego, egoistic kind mm. of, you know, behavior turned into sort of um, me just naturally abs- just um, being curious about like, how does this happen? Like, how are we able to take something and just transform it and change it and and change its will and convince it and give it motivation and give it direction just like that yeah you know um what is it about the the living the about life we can do it with plants we can do it with humans we can do it with animals we can kind of coax them into direction you know um so as a child it was like yes i have the power yeah <laughs> but now it's like it's different it, it sort of turned inwards on me i was like mm. it came to a point where i was like whoa now that means that <laughs> that kind of means that this can be done to me. Yeah, like it, I, okay. I, I, I turned it inwards. I was like, okay, that means I am just like, if another human being or another That's animal can, can be trained or another creature can be trained, um, their behavior, their, their feelings, um, I turned it yeah, inward yeah, on myself. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. I've never thought about it like that. Now yeah. I'm just thinking about <laughs> all of the things that, yeah. Wow. Yeah. How did you, okay, what did you, after you sort of had that knowledge of, okay, turning on you, what do you think that led to in your life? Well, you, I guess you you learn about yourself, mm. you know, and, and again, martial arts is meant to do that. It's meant to teach you how to learn about yourself. It helped me sort of de- define the ego, made me sort of realize, you know, like what society has told that, you know, told me what I am is not really what I am. Um, start to shape yourself and start to question certain things and um, for lack of a better word, like you just try to improve yourself you know, mm. by looking inward. And when you come to realize that, you realize, wow, like there is no difference. There's no separation between yourself and, and another person and, and the outside world. It's kind of just, 
it's a infinite feedback loop. It just keeps yeah. going around and around. You can't pick a point where it's like, that's you and this is me or that's this and this, you know, it all kind of just feeds into each other. Mm. Um, like the mind-body thing, there's no mind yeah. and body. It's like mutually arising. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and where it goes from there, it's kind of beyond words. It's not like I can package it into, you know, a nice little sales pitch. There's nothing after it. It's yeah. just like raw experience from there on mm. you know so um if that makes sense it probably doesn't yeah but <laughs> well, it does a little bit i think so yeah so it can't be packaged into words basically yeah. once, once you sort of start to discover things about yourself to turn it into words to try to explain it does that experience an injustice it's like you can't it sort of dumbs it down yeah you know that I mean? makes like, sense yeah it takes the color and the flavor out of it yeah um, so yeah, I can suppose I could talk about how I got there, but then what it's like and what it is is like, yeah, ineffable. It's just like, duh. <laughs> you not yeah. You can't put it you in can't words. Can't put it into it. Yeah. I have that sometimes with certain like if I'm, I don't know. I feel like sometimes when you're still developing something, and I guess with yourself, you're always developing, but especially when you're in a new life phase and you're learning new things or you're about to start something new, sometimes you almost can't explain that until you've done it and yeah. then you have to tell the story that's right but during it's just like no nah, i can't really i can't really explain what this is yet yeah i'm still figuring it out that's right yeah there, there is something and there's a magic in that you know there's a magic in not having words attached to it mm. because when you when you do attach words to it you're putting it you're kind of setting it in a kind of proverbial stone like you're just sort of like this is how it is because you're sharing that information with someone and you're putting it into words. So in their mind, it's like it's a concrete, it's fact. Yeah. You know, but before it's spoken about, it's just this magic. It's just like it's yeah. this magical energy, you know, like you can do what you want with it. But then when you put it into words or in writing, it's like now there's an argument. You know, yeah, like now there's, there's a point that now can be like argued. A, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like to sort of live in the magic a little bit <laughs> rather yeah. than always just trying to define everything, even yep. though I could probably do it. It doesn't quite do it justice. I guess the whole mind-body thing ties into it in that way too, where it's just like there's no, like you guide someone to a certain point yep. and you guide them by not showing them what to do, but by leading them towards an experience of themselves. Mm. And then once they're there, you just let go. Yeah. So let let go of their hand and just go. Now it's up to you to define it how you want to define it. Interesting. And, and then, that's sort of how I guess they taught you in martial arts. As well. I think so. Like I don't know whether that's deliberate or whether that's mm. just the nature of it. Yeah. Um, I guess the idea of going from student to teacher and almost it not <clears> being defined. Yeah. But you just they just sort of flow you in and out of the two. Yeah, yeah. I guess it it is kind of subtly leading you to your own path almost yeah. without it's, it's like um i suppose like singing to use singing as an example you know you, you get trained on how to sing and the coach's job is not to tell you how to sing but to help you find your voice yeah you need to find your representation of what music is yeah same with dance it's like how do you move it's it's mm. not telling a person how to do something but guiding them to that realization yeah and um I think martial arts kind of does that because when you become an instructor, every instructor has a different kind of style, a bit of a twist to how they do things. There's no actual rules. It's not codified. There's no yeah. dogma. You know, it's just like... Because they sort of found yeah. their own style. So you can go and see one trainer and they'll say one thing and they'll see another and you can't go, oh, but he said this and she said that. It's sort of like they're expressing themselves. It's a continuation of their expression. It's not like rules it's, mm. there's no there's no bible of you know like a holy bible of martial arts and you yeah, gotta follow it's just like yeah it's like, yeah 
it's basically just like what you're getting from that instructor is like a guru it's it's like mm. it's an extension of their journey and yeah. you're an extension of that journey and, and that's why yeah, everyone okay. will be different yeah yeah it's almost like letting people find their individuality i guess in yeah. every way that they teach which is really yeah i feel like it's very unique to yeah. other styles of fitness training on that topic I know you mentioned that I think you did quite a bit of work just as a personal trainer, you know, working for gyms and a few things. And then once you started your own gym, you know, you had your own clients and that sort of thing. And you mentioned that you didn't like the word and you sort of steered away from personal training. I guess, can you talk to us a bit about that? Um, I suppose I'm the kind of guy that just likes to, to entertain the other, the other side, you know, like I was saying, the, the part of things that you can't talk about. Yeah. And the word fitness started turning into this sort of commercial catchphrase, you know, like yeah. fitness industry and fitness is and I need to get fit. And, and like any label, a label is always associated with an image. It's associated mm. with a feeling. It's associated, you know, and, and when an industry kind of hijacks a word, you can't fully express what you think needs to be done. If you believe or if you want to bring out a new idea or if you want to achieve something, if you just kind of piggyback off a certain label, you're limited by that label. So I was, I felt I was limited by, quote, the fitness, you know, I'm doing the quotations here. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, I was limited by fitness, the, the label, yeah. the title. Um, because when you say it and you say it to anyone, it's people, it's stuck, something will pop into their head. Mm. You know, whether yeah. it's a boot camp or some grueling diet or a 12-week challenge or right. It's almost like class. it has a bias on it. It does, absolutely. And that's the job of, um, of advertisement and commercial is that it has to create some sort of bias so that you, you're, you know it triggers you. And I don't think there's very many good words in the English language to actually explain what we do. Mm. Um, so, yeah, fitness is kind of thrown into a category. So, um, I don't believe that there are categories, you know, between fitness and physio and health and medicine. And there's no categories. It's, it's it, we're talking about a, a living organism that's just infinite, you know, in its in its energy. And it just keeps, you know, it's it's the universe. You know, it's mm. everything. It's you can't just go, oh, well, someone has a problem with something. We just need to go to a specialist for that. Yeah. I think people are starting to realize that in, in today's day and age. I think the whole again holistic is <laughs> is another one of those words but it's been overused at yeah, the moment. Yeah. yeah um but fitness is so rigid it's in terms of its definition you know if you mm. go and see a fitness trainer then it's just like oh well their job is to make you lose weight and may put you on a diet and scream at you while you're doing push-ups and yeah, yeah. like that, that, that yeah. image pops into mind it's like and television's done that and that's just how it goes yeah and it's that that makes people not want to go to the, the gym yeah. or anything because the gym even <clears> has that yeah connotation that you know you have to be super big and muscly even for someone like me like i feel like i'm tiny and i go to the gym and i'm like oh my god i'm not gonna go on that machine because it's like but it has that connotation to it and i think the holistic approach to if you want to say wellness i guess or just being happy yeah is i think where a lot of i feel like a lot of the industry is going um with you as you've sort of branched out from running you know the gym and the programs that you were before can you talk to us a little bit about how you now approach your clients and teaching yeah it's um it's more like engaging in a dialogue with people with the client or yeah with whoever rather than just going okay we have a 
studio or a gym and you come in and these are the products we have pick your products you know like you're buying off a menu kind of thing yeah um this is all we have you know like the chef is capable of cooking more than what's on the menu basically mm. rather but you you put a menu down for the sake of, of, of bureaucracy for the sake of making it convenient and for money and for business and things like that to make it efficient um whereas i kind of liberated myself from that i think I realized a little bit through my studies and through my my um, my training that if we if we start to put walls up, you know, um, people will never truly get to explore the full their full capacity. And like they, they get told that they they need to reach their potential or they can do this and do that, but they can't truly like sincerely, inwardly realize that they can they can achieve whatever and do whatever because they're limited by an industry, a class, a, some sort of set of rules, a rule book, you know, yeah. <clears throat> have to subscribe to this type of training or this type of training or X, Y, Z, you know, they have to fit into a team or a category or something like that. Um, because the fitness industry, just like any other industry, it's, it's targeted, it has demographic targets, it has all that stuff, you know, it has niche markets and demographics that's aimed at and it, it's just counting, you know. We want to expand it in the sense that, okay, if a person comes to us, how do we get them to realize themselves the way that we spoke about it just before without making their making their products too rigid okay without just putting them in a box and saying hey like mm. you know yeah so without pretend. almost telling them what to do yeah how do you tell them what to do without telling them what to do right like, so it's it was tricky um so you have to guide them you have to really be a coach a a, a kind of a mentor um but not a business owner or a trainer it's you know it's like mm. i tell you what to do you're paying me to tell me what you know what to do yeah. it's like it's it's not like that it's we open up a dialogue so we go on a journey and we just sort of open up different um ideas about what's holding you back mm. yeah because okay. everyone's kind of trying to go somewhere because they assume that where they are right now is not good enough yeah that's the reason why most people are trying to achieve something it's like there's something in the far or near future that's better than what's what they have now okay okay they're under that assumption somewhere or a feeling not even an assumption but just a feeling there's something out there that's better than what they got now and you kind of engage in this dialogue and you put them through things like martial artists instructors will push you through certain pain and difficulties to make you realize things you know you go through and even in the army they do that too they test you so they can psychologically kind of make you wake up to yourself right so it's kind of understanding <laughs> the reasons of why you're doing what you're doing yeah and it's really hard it's it's, mm. it's pressing it's dark and it's deep and um mm. we don't go up to people and go why do you want to do this because yeah. really the, the word why is infinite right there's and no, they probably don't even know at yeah. that point yeah, it's like there's no answer to why. It's like when, when you know, you tell a kid something and then they go, why? And then you answer that and they go, why? And then you answer that and you go, why? It's, it's infinite. Why goes nowhere. Yeah. People decide where that why ends. They decide whether the why has just got to do with something really deep or something, you know. So you can't ask them why. So you've got to go like, there's obviously a why, but that they don't know about. You know, it's a feeling. There's, mm. there's, no, there's, no, there's no word for, you know, a feeling like that. So you help them just sort of, you have, they have to obviously be healthy. You want to make them healthy physically, biologically. We have to, we do things in a scientific manner also. 
But there's the other side that science can't touch, you know, which is the inner yearnings, the feeling, the meanings. Because yeah. um, you can have someone who's in amazing shape and is perfectly healthy, but still doesn't like themselves. And you can have someone who is on the verge of chronic heart disease and is totally okay. And, you know, so it's just like they don't line up always. Mm. You know? So um, you have to make them, one, be biologically healthy. You know, you have to make them you have to give them integrity you have to, and then you go to look at the other sides like self-confidence and self-esteem and so there's a top-down sort of thing and then there's a bottom-up kind of thing yeah and it's in the middle where they meet is this harmony yeah and everybody has a different kind of uh, pattern or frequency or different rhythm of how they achieve that harmony it's not always in the middle for everyone yeah. some people reach that harmony when they're a little bit you know when one is slightly above the other so mm. it's just putting them through the journey and we discover a bit about them on the way, seeing what, you know, we give people certain questionnaires to to see how they would cope in certain situations and, and um, just to get an idea and to help them realize for themselves, you know, to reflect on themselves. We do a lot of reflection. Yeah. And basically, if a person is happy with who they are and they're also physically healthy, that they can sustain a healthy life and it's reasonable and sustainable, then things like looking good and, you know, having ripped abs and all that stuff, that's like really something that's unrealistic in the sense that like, what then, you know, like say you have yeah. all that, it's like, then what? Yeah. What are you going to do? It's like, what was the purpose what of was you the point wanting of it? to? Yeah. And I've trained a lot of athletes and I train people who genuinely want to compete and, and want to yeah. do things like that. And that's fine. That's cool. But there are people who have been tricked, the average person who believes that they can only achieve happiness or fit into society if they reach a standard of the elite people mm. um it doesn't need to happen that's this is all new stuff you know competitive sports in this manner you know it's um it's it's uh very aesthetic so the average person doesn't need to worry about that they can it, they can achieve that level of peace without having to do that and, and look I, I was in bodybuilding myself and most people that are up there are not happy mm. <laughs> you know? yeah they're not really happy they think the answer lies somewhere more in the future, somewhere with more achievements. So it's teaching people to first and foremost realize who they are and what they, you know, appreciate themselves in the present and then take that person and take that person to the next level Yeah. rather than trying to find the happy person in the future. So it's, it is tricky. Like I said, words can't really, you have to, it's like a game, you know, we yeah. sort of play, we play at this over, over time. So when we train someone, we're just engaging in dra like drama in the soft sense. Like it's a play Interesting. and seeing what comes out of that. Oh, when you say play, it's like a, <clears throat> like going, like an actual story. Yeah. It's a yeah. story that's, it's playing itself out and mm. it's unique and there's no right and wrong way. Um, people want health. They want a degree of strength. They want integrity. They want peace, you know, things along those lines. And once someone's there and they go, wow, I'm pretty happy. It's mm. just like, you could kind of feel like you've done your job yeah you know, rather than getting someone super ripped abs but they don't even care they're just something they're chasing something else yeah it's, definitely so there's more to it and and like going back to the very start mind and body is not mind and body one doesn't control the other you have to it's the 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 hyphen in between yeah <laughs> that that we we talk about it's that balance i yeah. guess meeting that point this is it this is a, a unanswerable question you know like how do you make someone happy it's like yeah exactly <laughs> you know you can't you can't yeah. there's no that you there's no spot that you yeah. get someone to 
everybody likes a little bit of leadership. Everyone likes to be told what to do a little bit. People also need to, they need some sort of guidance. They need yeah. direction, they need a point of reference. But at the same time, they want to feel like they did it. Yeah. They want to feel like it was their idea. That's something I've learned recently. Yeah. It's like you have to, there's only so much you you can, but also you should yeah. tell someone. That's right. Yeah, mm. it's very hard. And then the more knowledge you gain, the more you have to shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's very Basically. true. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you're instructing people, you're making, you're robbing them of their free will. Yeah. Their, their, and for their, them to get yeah. there on their own. Yeah. It's funny because it actually reminds me, I keep seeing it in my head, but our conversation with the, about the animals, because I literally just see it in the exact same way of, because it's not like you can talk to animals, tell them what to do. So you have to sort of figure out what's the best way to teach this. Yeah. And it is like you're giving them little nudges, whether it's like a treat or something like That's that. That's right, yeah. And it might work, it might not work, but it's almost doing that with humans in a way. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, the same psychological conditioning and, and um, what's conditioning, in psychology, it's called conditioning, you know, like, mm. so you apply the same rules. I mean, all of human psychology is tested on animals first. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's basically before it, before it gets tested, yeah. So the, the mammalian response is they apply it to human beings and monkeys and then there's the ethical side of it after that. Once yep. it passes to the human side, the ethics get ramped up even more. Yeah. There's already ethics with animals now. Once upon a time there wasn't, even mm. with rats and stuff now. But you ramp it up to humans and now, even in my position, it's like, well, how can I get someone and I, you know, I can have a strong conscience about these things and I just sort of like, how can I get someone to do something without them knowing but without tricking them, <laughs> without lying to them. Yeah. So it's like, there's an ethical side to it, right? Because you, yeah, you can, exactly. like, quote, brainwash them. Yeah, so it'd be like manipulating. Te- technically, everything is brainwashing. You turn on the TV, you're getting brainwashed. Yeah. Whether it's your favorite TV show or whether it's a commercial or... I mean, we're, we're just brainwashable creatures, yeah. <laughs> basically. So we have to do it in an ethical way as well. We've got to consider, like, we can't rob people of what they really believe in either. Mm. Um for the sake of a business model, you know, like yeah. It's, yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a juggling act, but yeah. we take it day by day, and we just go, "How is this person?" We ask him for feedback, like, "How do you feel?" and "What do you think?" And we go, "Okay, we did this program for this X amount of time. What do you feel helped you? What do you feel was challenging?" And then they start to become mm. more and more sincere with their answers. Yeah, and we use those answers to sort of shape the next program, you know. And if at any point they go, "No, no," you know, I feel like I want to do this now. That's cool. I think everybody has the right to change their mind. Yeah. Let's get into a little bit about what you've studied. So you're studying Bachelor of Arts, majoring in philosophy. Mm -hmm. Now, philosophy is probably, I think every area of study is broad, but philosophy is literally so, so broad. Can you talk to us a little bit about the areas, you know, you've sort of Mm -hmm. delved into and what your main interests are? The thing with um, the philosophy is that it's Western philosophy because yeah, okay. Western philosophy is is very written. It's it's all about literacy. It's all about logic, rationality. Right? Yeah. That's what the Western since the ancient times, you know, coming from 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 Europe and from um, from Greece, yeah. making sense of things. It's got to make sense. Like the, the phrase, like that makes sense or that doesn't make sense. What does it mean for something to make sense? Right. Right. It, there's consistency. There's it makes sense. Yeah. I I started to realize that we can't get to the bottom of things with words because words are very limited. Mm. That's what philosophy taught me. Studying Western philosophy. Yeah. Now, I've been a part of Eastern philosophy pretty much from childhood. You know, growing up in a Buddhist family, doing martial arts, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize I was covered like you know like i was the atmosphere was always yeah. philosophical in that sense 
Yeah, so it's almost like you grew up with Eastern philosophy. Yeah. And then you sort of learnt. I learnt Western philosophy. Yeah. Western philosophy is a good way to talk about things. Eastern yeah. philosophy is a good way to feel it. Mm. Um, Western philosophy chats about things and makes for interesting conversation and arguments and debates. I mean, the whole Western world is about debates yeah. and, you know, having a point and left wing and right wing and all that stuff. Yeah. Eastern philosophy doesn't have a point. It's just feel it and, and you'll get it kind of thing, yeah. which is what martial arts does. You know, it, it, it comes from the East traditionally. Yeah. So um, marrying the two together was very interesting. Mm. And I've had to create my own language, so to speak, um, to express it. Yeah. And, and bringing that into this this physical fitness industry, there is a place for it. You know, yeah. I, I, I speak of the philosophy of fitness because fitness is or the philosophy of health because um, it's just getting to the bottom of what health is. And then when you realize that there is no bottom to it, like it's just based on what the time is. Mm. You go back 100 years and their idea of health is different, you know. Yeah. You go to another society and their definition of health is different. So what we think is healthy is just put into us through society. And yeah. um, I think philosophies helped me realize that when you deconstruct things down to the language level, <clears throat> there's no right or wrong. Like yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's just today's morals, really. Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting of the, um, that I guess the Eastern and Western is like, like one is very, yeah, it's very language-based and the other is feeling-based. Mm. Do you feel as though like a lot of your life has been led by your intuition? Huh. That's so tough. Um, I think, yes. I think, I think, I actually think most people's are, mm. whether they know it or not. But intuition is also shaped by history, you know, I think to a degree. I've always kind of had a bit of a rebellious tone and it's like, not wanting to do things is kind of intuition. It's like, I don't yeah. want to do what you say. Yeah. I want to see what else there is. And I suppose that's an intuition in that sense. Mm. Yeah. It is a tricky one to pin down. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever feel like, I guess, in you know parts of your life where maybe you got an opportunity to do something or something, you know, could be anything, you know, when you were sort of tossing up between careers or that type of thing. Do you ever feel like there was times where you got a feeling that you should go a different way and you, you did or maybe you didn't? I was never stuck at a crossroads in a sense like, do I choose this way or that way? What I learned to do was to listen to my intuition. How do you do that? It's not like a voice in your head. Mm. It's not like the angel or the devil on the <laughs> shoulder. It's, it's like, um, who, who am I without the labels? Who am I? Like what? is going on what is my energy what is what are my desires what are my what my perceived flaws um without the labels without everyone telling me what the definition of me is yeah but it's almost like i don't know I, and i don't know if other people feel the same way but i almost feel like it's sort of like a muscle like i feel like the the more i sort of get a feeling and i'm like okay maybe i'll go for it and then it does lead to something good. And then I kind of keep doing that and keep doing that. It almost becomes clearer to then realize when it is your intuition telling you to do something. I don't know if yeah, that that's sense. a good way to put it. Yeah, mm. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's so, yeah, such an important thing to tap into mm -hmm. if you can. And there was something else that you mentioned when we spoke earlier, and that was this idea of letting go. Mm -hmm. And 
surrendering and that's almost what I think has led to an element of your happiness I think would you say yeah I, th- I think a lot of there's a lot of peace to be found in letting go we kind of walk around with this it's like a muscle that's always tense you know like mm. in our in our minds in our heads in our hearts and it's like letting go of that and realizing that we're not going to fall apart when we just relax right um, okay. it is like a security blanket you yeah. know we've been we've been pressured into a lot of things Social media has now expanded that, has amplified that. Yeah. It starts off with parents, obviously, then moves on to schooling systems, mm. then moves on to occupational things, you know, um, certain status that you have to achieve. Um, an expectation. The expectation moves away from you, like in terms of like, my mum wants me to do this or my yeah. boss wants me to it, it, But it's, it's there in the background. Yeah. And it manifests itself as I want to achieve this and I want to achieve that. Yeah. So it transforms as you become more independent. The oh, my mom is telling me to do this turns into oh, I want to achieve that. Yeah. It becomes. It becomes. That's really interesting. Yeah, and, and it kind of transforms in that way, and that's okay. Look, I think mm. that's fine. I'm, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to reach for things, but the problem is that when people are in a perpetual state of future living, they're not capable of of ever realizing the quality that's in the present. Mm. And I think this is becoming quite common today. People are hearing this kind of stuff, you know, around. This is not something I would come up with. Um, but it's just realizing that it's okay to just slow down and do one thing at a time rather than trying to tick off a bucket list. Yeah. Um, we're very sort of ambitious and very goal-driven society now. Um, <clears throat> money has done that. Economy has done that. Media has done that. And our likes have transformed our, our present sense of peace and fulfillment has transformed into future based desires and mm. likes. Again, this is not this is not a new phenomenon. This has always kind of existed. Yeah. Whether it's right or wrong or good or bad, that's totally up to the listener. But um, I think everybody is trying to achieve some level of peace unless you're capable of living in the present. You'll never ever truly appreciate that future thing that you're chasing anyway. Yeah. It'll it'll be there one day right in front of your face and you won't even know it. Yeah. And know? I guess that's why people will get to end goals and then they're not happy. They're not happy, yeah. The goal, it's like a mirage, you know. We we treat our happiness and our peace like a mirage. Our mm. health even, like a mirage, like it's there. I just want to keep running out of here. And the faster I run, the faster but the faster you run, the faster it gets away from you. Yeah. It's it's learning to let go and First of all, appreciating the necessities and what you have, stopping and then realizing for a sec, like, hey, I'm not melting. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, people yeah. think that if they stop, they're going to just like disappear off the earth, you know, like they're going to turn yeah. to dust and disappear. And that feeling has got to do with something, something to do with judgment, some, mm. something to do with having expectations put on you growing up. Um, yeah, the idea of expectations was interesting yeah. and how it manifests almost into what you then think you want yeah but then when you do stop and i think that's what happened with everyone during the pandemic was that they stopped and then they were like oh wait why was i even going after that exactly and then caused that introspection which is sort of like your whole i guess fitness philosophy in that figuring out why do you want to achieve that fitness goal yeah and when you ask someone why kind of rude like not rude like Mm. rude rude but it's not 
not fair to ask them that question. Yeah. It's unfair yeah. to go, why do you want to do that? Like, yeah. it's, you know, or why would you like to do that? It's, it's almost like you're putting them on the spot and it's yeah. like, it's kind of unfair. Yeah. I think it's an unfair question. Yeah. Um, Makes them think that you might be judging them even though you're yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The word, yeah. There's something judgy about the word why, you mm. know. Um, and so when people are running towards things, it cannot always, I don't think it's always, but running towards something can often be running away from something in disguise. Yeah. Or they're one and the same, however you want to look mm. at it. So once you get a person to go, okay, well, first I need to make some sort of peace with my past or something I'm not happy with. Then I can see what does this peaceful person want to achieve? Yeah. Not, not, not what does the scared person want to achieve? Yeah. When the peaceful person goes to achieve something, you're, you're, you're basically going to catch, you're going to catch stars. You're going to catch mm. amazing things um, without even trying. Yeah. The person who is scared and running towards something will feel like the whole world is against them. Will yeah. feel like everything's raining down on them and they're going to feel like everything's happening to them and not for them. They're going to feel like they're not going to catch a break or it's a grind or they're going to feel like I'm getting older and time and you're going to have a sense of age and all that stuff. Yeah. The former person is not going to have a sense of time. They're going to have a sense of infinite presence. Mm. The present on the present on the present. There's no time doesn't exist, right? Yeah. It's, it's, um, again, try not to get too philosophical, too metaphysical. But basically, it's just, it's a sense. It's an inward sense. Yeah. It's not a thing out there that you can catch. Right? It's how the person is perceiving. And even, I mean, even physics tells us that time is relative and all that stuff. Yeah. But when the person is looking outward into the world, they're, the way they survive and the way they carry themselves has got to do with how they're perceiving time. All right. What is their relationship with time? If they have something from the past that is still scaring them without them knowing, it's not like a, like a scary movie scary. It's yeah. like a, somewhere you don't want to be yeah. scary. You know? Then time is going to be like a timeline. Okay. okay. And which means you're going to have this sense of I'm getting older and I need to do things faster and I need to collect things. And your life becomes very numerical, yep. very quantitative. You know? um, when you say that that's like because of something that they haven't dealt with? Possibly, yeah. Again, it's like I can't put a finger on it like a, psych- like a psychologist would. Mm. I'm not going to attempt to do that, obviously, with my clients. But um, it's more a sense of like... And um, the, thing that, the thing that a person is running away from, I'm not talking about some horrible thing that happened to them in the past. It's no. not necessarily trauma or no. something. Yeah. It's not trauma related. It's something that made them feel like less than what they, that they thought they were at that one time. Yeah, okay. And yeah. They, they don't want to relive that because they're reminded of being lesser. Yeah. It's subconscious. Like you don't, yeah. you don't think about it. Yeah. You, know, you, can't, you can't write a, a, a diary page on how mm. you're feeling about that. But when you do get people to slow down, they'll realize that what they're running towards is the same as what they're running away from. Mm. Um, and it, again, it's not my job to decide if it's good or bad. It's just sort of like, um, in order to get people to come to the present, you have to get them to just stop venturing for a bit. Yeah. You know? And that's not having goals and trying to you know, like do things like that. It's just to see that the present isn't scary, like mm. just to see what happens to time when you're not thinking about the future or the past or and then after that like a muscle like you said this intuition starts to develop the muscle starts to develop um 
And as it gets stronger, you learn to trust in it more. Yeah. Some people would call it a type of faith. You know,、mm. you can call it a faith in yourself. You can call it a faith in God.、Yeah. Whatever you want, to, however you want to see it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But the present is where all that exists. Yeah. Right.、Um, no matter how you want to call it. Yeah. It could be psychological self confidence. It could be God.、Mm. For all, you know, it doesn't matter. But it only exists in the present. Yeah. If you can bring people to that, <clears throat> then the futures are guaranteed to be awesome. Yeah, because you're focusing on literally yeah, infinite presence. Yeah, yeah, infinite presence, not a past, present, future. Yeah. yeah, my favorite thing that you just said, and I feel like it's gonna be one of those things that I'm gonna remember forever. But <laughs> the being in the present, and then you feel like you're catching stars. It's actually、right. like I feel like that's genuinely like I can pick those moments that I've had. Oh yeah, where you sort of you are following your intuition, or you're not doing anything for or to achieve a certain.、Um, Like I said, to like validation of something, you're sort of just kind of just doing it because you, like you said, you're the peaceful person going for something just because you want to, and then it just feels amazing. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. it. That's really cool. Love that. <laughs> I guess if you were to, on that idea of that present moment, if you were to sort of, you know, give someone advice onto. Like not to tell them what to do, but just like a way of stopping.、Mm. <clears throat> the first thing I think of is, I guess, meditation because I remember doing that in your classes. But would that, as well as maybe something else, I don't know, would be your yeah. Yeah, meditation is becoming increasingly popular now. People、mm. are doing that.、Um, a lot of the West,、uh, the Eastern、um, sort of methods are coming in. Um, yeah, but psychology and neuropsychology is kind of hijacking it. Like they're、yep. taking ownership of that. Yeah,、um, and I, I suppose it needs to because the Western world can't understand it without, you know, defining it in that way in terms of yeah, neuropsychology and nervous system and the brain and things like that. Yeah, meditation traditionally isn't about just the brain. Yeah, you know, it's it's there's more to it.、Um, but yeah, it's a good it's a good place to start because. <clears throat> You're you're just, it's just you and yourself.、Mm. You know, like you you, even if you don't understand it completely. Like I have many people that don't understand it. They're like,、yeah. what's going on? Even when I did it with you, that was before I even. Did, so now I sort of do it on my own, but that was before. Yeah, I'd ever even tried it, and I didn't really understand it. But looking back on it, it absolutely helped the training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Like it has to, it helps you. But you don't feel it in the way that it helps you. Yeah. It's like um, it's like a television set, you know. Like when you watch the TV, you're not watching the wires and all the stuff in the back.、Mm. You're watching the projection of the tech. Yeah. And what you're doing by meditating is you're harmonizing, you're servicing the tech on the inside, the technology、right. behind. I've never heard it described like that. Behind the projection. So, if what you're aware of, or in in say like Eastern or, or Hindu philosophy, the consciousness is basically the projection side of the entire thing,、mm. right? But the television is not just a projection. It's so we are only aware of the projection side of it because that's what our senses and that part of our brain can pick up. It makes it we're aware of that at any one time. Yeah. But when you do things like meditation, you're It's like housekeeping, you know. You're kind of just cleaning up. See what you mean. The projector. Yeah, and it almost it allows you to become aware of 
the tech yeah. to you. Yeah. yeah. So when the tech is what, I mean, you take your TV, if your TV breaks down, mm. you'll take it to someone to, if you don't know how to fix it, you take it to someone to fix it. The TV comes back and it's working fine, but you have no idea how any of that stuff works. Yeah. You'll just get to watch the TV again, right? So it's learning to realize that the technician did something to mm. make it work again. Yeah. And then realizing that, wow, the TV looks better now than it did before. So you're, by meditating, you're applying, you become your own technician mm. and you're servicing it, right? Yeah. When you watch the TV, even if you fix the TV yourself now, you're still not watching the wires that you fixed, right? You're watching the projection. You're realizing that the TV is working fine because the projection looks fine. Right. <clears throat> so by meditating, most people aren't aware of what it's doing. If anything, it's scaring the, the, the crap out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of people, even me, like I struggled with it at the start and I didn't fully, I can't really put a finger on when it ticked over to the, oh, I get it now phase, mm -hmm. but I still remember thinking that I was doing it for ages. Like I was just doing little ones, I think yeah. like five or 10 minutes and I felt nice and I just don't think I fully understood it. Mm. And then, like I said, I can't pick a moment, but there was something that happened and I almost feel like I extended the time. So mm -hmm. it was almost became like 15, 20. And then there were these, like I feel like a series of them that were just, I don't know, I'd almost go into this completely other yeah. state and then I think I could have been there for yeah. hours. That's that's it. And that's it. it's that, that like happy spot. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It's almost like you need to hit it at least once. Yeah. And then you clue in. You're Once like, you break past that like. 10 to 12, 12 minute mark, yeah, <clears throat> time should disappear. I made my class once do an I told them at the start, we're going to sit here for half an hour. Yeah, okay. And they, their faces were like, what? Like they, they just dropped. I'm like, I didn't say anything after that. We just closed our eyes and just sat yep. there. They all sat there? They sat there. No one moved. And it was half an hour. And they wow. woke up like, they thought it was like 10 minutes. You know, they didn't realize. It's so crazy. Yeah, because you don't want to, the thing is, like you said, if you if you try to figure it out what yeah. it is, you lose it. Yeah, that's right. it's actually very true. It's, it's like the little floater in your eye. You know, you try to follow it, you can never catch it. Yeah, you can't you can't catch it. Yeah, you have to um, you have to realize that it's doing the work without you looking at it, mm. which is very hard in the modern world because we're such control freaks today. We need to look at everything. Yeah, you know, we need to. We don't we don't believe that a plant is growing unless we're watching it. Yeah, you know, like we need to yeah. watch everything. Um, when you look away, you entrust that to the universe. You mm. entrust it to that, that, that's faith in the, in the truest sense. Yeah. So when you meditate, you're not trying to figure out what it's doing for me right now. You're not trying to, there's no inner dialogue trying to calculate and you're not doing yep. some sort of psychoanalysis where you're trying to yep. figure out things. You, you rid your mind of logical conscious thought of words, of sense, of meaning. You detach meaning from things. Because um, everything in, in life is a label, right? Mm. We get trained on what's, what a label is, what to call something. Yeah. And then we grow on that and we think that that's the fact of it because it has a label. We distinguish hot from cold. Something's either hot or something's either cold and in the middle is like warm. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a spectrum, everything's a spectrum. Yeah. So we, we have these labels for everything. We get told that this is a tree and this is a leaf and this is a branch and this is the soil and you know, we get, they're all categories, mm. right? But there's no such thing. Nature doesn't have categories. It doesn't yeah. have any of that stuff. So when you meditate, you're removing your opinions about things by not attaching meanings and labels to things. And when you do that, everything turns into just a blur. It doesn't make sense. It's like a Rorschach block in reverse. 
you know like yeah you, you, once you see something in it then you start to go yeah that's this that's eyes is the ears but you're doing yeah. that in reverse and you're turning yeah. it back into a blot and then when that all goes away there's no duality there's no up and down left or right positive negative there's none of that and, and when you clear your mind of that the rest is like we can't talk about it like there's nothing mm. there and that's your experience from there on yeah so the experience now you can talk about it because you've been through the experience mm. but while you're going through it Talking about it is like, yeah. it just makes you more frustrated. Yeah. So you have to learn to let things go in that way. Yeah. To realize that there is a magic that happens as if mm. a baby was born. A baby has no categories to anything. Yeah. There's nothing. We have, we have to train it like the animals. We have to yeah. train them into what's right and what's wrong and what's up and down and what's a square and what's a circle. And we, we give them all these things. Yeah. As if it's practical, you know. Mm. For someone that's never done it before, would you say the best advice is to just keep going with it yeah i think what you've done was really clever you sort of start off with a couple of minutes mm. and see what unfolds you it. have to yeah you, i mean it's hard because people need a time limit to do this yeah yeah so people don't know how to meditate without a clock or an alarm clock or something yeah but if you get your phone and just set it for three minutes and sit it on the other side of the room not next to you or somewhere else away from you yeah you set your alarm and you just sit there and just see what happens. And look, you're not trying to beat yourself into submission. You're not trying to, because forcing yourself yeah, is also happen. does the opposite, right? Yeah. You let your mind go. Let it do what it wants to do. Just sit yeah. there. And the first time it'll be like daydreaming and thinking about what you're going to do next. And yeah. Let it go. Cool. Cool story. And then just yeah. do it again next time. Yeah. And then you'll soon you'll start to be the watcher of those stories rather than being, mm. you feel like at the start, you feel like you're an actor. You're yeah. in the stories and then like you start thinking about something you got to do and your heart starts racing because you're thinking about you're the actor in the movie, right? Yeah. You're watching it happen. And then after a while, those thoughts pop into your head and you're no longer the actor, you're the spectator. You're, mm. you're viewing it. That's now. a really good way of putting it. Yeah. And That's actually what it feels like. So at the start, the viewer is influenced by it. Like you watch a movie, you watch a horror movie, you get scared, you watch a comedy, you laugh, you watch a romantic, you know, you feel yeah. all these emotions. So then slowly you start to detach yourself from the emotion of that and you become neutral towards yeah. everything and then from there i suppose you just do what you want with that freedom yeah it's freedom you're, you're liberating yourself from the shackles of definitions and and you know mm. I, and then from there you can see who you really are yeah and um yeah mm. it's interesting because i feel like and it makes more sense when you phrase it like that but i feel like sometimes when i need to make really important decision or something like that i'll often meditate because afterwards it's like i knew the answer the whole time and it's yeah. that like makes complete sense because it takes away all of the stuff that's going to influence you mm. and you're just left with you mm. so you sort of come out of that being like oh i know what to do yeah that's right yeah yeah it's because there's so much information external pressure now it's like you don't know what to do yeah there are people in your life that you really admire and you want to take their advice there's people that tell you what to do but they piss you off and it's just yep. like it's push and pull from every direction but yep. you really don't have a place yeah you know um you're either the agreer or the defender mm. but what you're just an actor in that story so when you when you do rid your mind of all that the answers are there they're right here like they're always here they're always in the mm. present and um meditation helps and yeah like what you did just start off maybe just with a couple of minutes and build it up and once you i think once you pass the 20 minute mark 20 minutes to six hours it doesn't matter yeah 
it doesn't matter after yep. that. You can do a whole day. They just it, get into a yeah. state of flow. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I feel like I could ask you a million more questions, but <laughs> I think we should wrap this up and we can possibly do a part two if you're open to it. We'd love to have you back on. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a few last questions. So if you had to, this is a big, big one and you can sort of just think about the first thing that comes to your mind. But if you had the biggest, I think, life lesson that you have, I guess, learnt, what would you say it is? Life lesson. Oh, we've covered a lot of them. Yeah. A lesson, a lesson for myself, not, not a lesson that I would advise to everyone, because it's, but for myself, something that's probably hit me, um, probably... I think t talk once and listen twice. <laughs> That's interesting. I had to learn to listen as a child. I wasn't a great listener. Mm. So to listen, it okay. completes you a little bit more. That's a good one. I like that. And what's one thing you're currently learning? Where you feel like you're in that phase of life where this is something you're learning at the moment? Could be anything. I think... Um, how to share my inward understanding of myself because I believe I've, I've reached a higher level of self-understanding just yep. through my life and, and try putting prioritizing myself, learning how to maintain that while having a family, while sharing it, mm. while giving away without giving away too much, yeah. balancing it out. You know, um, if you give away too much, it takes away from you. Yeah. Um, but if you don't give enough, then... The word family doesn't exist, right? So, right. learning now about how do I share and how do I restrict my spirit, my energy with the people that rely on me, like family, mm. not clients, kids, you yeah, know, um, partner, things like that. So, yeah, that's that's I think a big part of my journey right now. Yeah, what are some things that you've sort of, I guess, had to do an error because i know i guess you know we all have our method of how we fill our cup i guess you know some people have their time in the morning and mm -hmm. i guess navigating family how have you sort of worked your time for yourself into your um well we've all we're all stuck with the same 24 hours so yeah it's <laughs> like i had to learn to be a really early morning person like with mm. studying you know studying a degree and running a business um and still doing martial arts training i had to find find time so yeah I, I get up i set my life up so that i can wake up between three and four thirty in the morning wow. three and five maybe in the morning um okay. without That's probably the earliest i've yeah so i think on average four thirty yeah. is a good time okay but sometimes i just but but doing that in a way that it's not a chore mm. so i i learned how to tra i trained myself to no longer use an alarm to wake up yeah okay so so i my, my day naturally flows so that i just wake up at that time yeah out of curiosity what time do you try to go to sleep um we try to wind down our whole family's like that we yeah. wind down very early probably eight o'clock eight thirty okay we're winding yeah. down if, if i'm not in bed by eight thirty then i can't you can't and, wake yeah, up yeah most people are like oh this guy's mm. just the you know like he doesn't have any fun and um the thing is that I feel like the mornings offer me so much more enjoyment yep. and so much more life. I get the exact same thing. Than the evenings do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the evenings are, I know I do, I still go out, I have. I hang out with my friends, I have a drink, we party, we do stuff like that. But mm. 
that's not the basis yeah. of, of my how I you know set out my my clock. And if I do do that, it takes like forty eight hours to get back you to, know, get to back feeling it. healthy and normal yeah. again. Um, but the mornings are super important. It's time for yourself. It's peaceful. You know, you mm. get sunrise. We go for walks. Yeah. You, you hear nature wake up. You know, yeah. that's really important for our, our spirit, our energy. Um, we we do basically as the, as the sun does and as the birds yeah. do. So the birds yeah. wake me up in the morning. I can now tell by the birds that are actually singing what time it roughly is. Because certain <laughs> birds will hit you at certain times. Yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah. I live right near a highway, so yeah, right. <laughs> it's a bit oh, sad. Yeah. Um, but even then, cars can tell you too. There's, there's always that yeah. one car that just races past at the same time. And it's, That's actually it's, very true. Yeah, And you know, and you, you tune in like this to the present. Yeah. You're not sitting there anxious of an alarm clock and you're checking it to think whether you slept in or all that. It's, it's crazy. You can't even sleep in peace anymore. Yeah. Um, so I ditched the alarm clock. I have an emergency and the emergency is literally 10 minutes before I have to do something. So it's not okay. an option. Plan B okay. is there, but... It's so tight that I don't let myself go there. Yeah. And I, I no snooze buttons, nothing like that. Because sometimes I have clients at like 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. So obviously I can't sleep in for them. Um, but to do that, I make sure the day before is not going to set me up for that. I have to make sure that the time that I want to wake up, you know, my day is conducive to that outcome. Yeah. It's not, not alarms. Because alarms are not good for your health, to yeah. be honest. They shock you awake. Mm. You get a hit of cortisol first thing in the morning and it's, you know, Absolutely. and then you probably have a coffee on top of that. Yeah. And um, it's not, not not a good way to start the day. You're yeah. telling your body, giving your body mixed messages and it's... Stress it's, like right yeah. from the start. That's right. So you got to wake up peacefully you know, yeah. on your own accord. I never thought about, I really loved the idea of doing the backup so close to the yeah. mark that you won't get yourself there because yeah. Yeah, I'm such a like I'll wake up early but I'm such a sucker for the snooze button yeah right and it I'll still wake up early but it'll be like it might be 10 or 15 minutes before I wanted to and mm. then that whole kind of thing was like oh if I had just woken up on that dot and didn't snooze for the extra 10 minutes I wouldn't be like you know that yeah. just like skimming the surface of time yeah. it's there so that you can still pull it off but you're gonna have a crappy like you're gonna have a negative uh, feedback from that situation yeah so if i have to run outside because, because we train people at home i have to run out you know, like half dressed this is like oh hold on I'm, you know it's yeah. like well that's not a good you know good feeling so you're not going to do it again yeah. um I, but saying that it's only a couple of mornings i have to do that and the other yeah. mornings i don't have an alarm because sleep is very important if you have yeah, to sleep yeah, in you got to sleep in it, it's it's um it's not about the industrious life like sleep is so important yeah. we make it number one yeah um, I'm so, going to steal that now and I'm going to do the one alarm yeah. and then my next one's going to be too late so that when I wake up for the one, <laughs> Another good one is to, to, to make up. sure your, your, your phone is not near your bed. Make sure that the phone that, is on the other side I of your room. I find that really like, it's, it's so good, but then, oh wait, do you mean if it's an alarm? If it's an alarm. Yeah, okay. So if your phone, even your phone, if your phone is your alarm, but you shouldn't really have your phone on you on a bed. Um, yeah. It's tempting, but... I've been really wanting to get an alarm clock for that reason, yeah. just to sort of... But just to have it. the alarm on the other side of the room, it'll make you get up and feel the cold snap of the morning and just oh. like get the hell out of bed and um, that's it. Like, if you have it somewhere, we got to get up. Yeah. you got to get up. It's not going to It's not going to turn off, so you got to you got to get up. It's true. you got to get up to turn it off. Yeah. Actually, I feel like that's almost too cruel for me in winter because <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a bit sad <laughs> way to wake up. But no, you're right. It gets you up, gets you going. Yeah. All right. So... We've got one last little segment. Sure. I'm just going to, this is just like, just a bit of fun to wrap up. I'm going to try to do it on every episode. We'll see if it sticks. But I'm literally just going to say two things randomly. And you just have to pick whichever one <laughs> is like, whichever one you go to. And you could love both, but you just got to pick one. Oh, wow. 
There's not that many. Okay. You ready? Okay. Okay. Tea or coffee? Tea. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Trackies or jeans? Trackies. Go for a run or weights training? Weights training. Egg scrambled or poached? Poached. Candle or incense? Candle. Wake up at, I already know the answer to this, 5am or 10am? 5am. Too hot or too cold? Too hot. Meditate or yoga? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Tricky. No. Oh no. Stumped you on they're, one. They're kind, of, they're kind of the same to me. I, I, would say, I would say yoga. Okay. Probably, but not yoga the way that, not the commercial yoga. Yeah. yeah. There are actually, yeah, there is lots of yoga styles that's very close to just meditation. Yeah. And last one, read a book or watch a movie. They're both equally awesome and they both equally suck. You so can I, stay. I, I, <laughs> that one could be equal because when I wrote that one, I was like, they're even equally I can't awesome pick that. and they're equally just. Sap- yeah, movie movies allow your brain to relax. Mm. Books develop you. So I yep. don't know. <laughs> that one we can just we can have that one as equal. You can have one equal of all of them. That was the last one. There you go. Thank you so much for joining, Callum. I've had the greatest conversation. I hope everyone else enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed yourself. But it was, yeah, it was great. I feel like I've learned so much and I'm going to walk away thinking about a whole lot of stuff. But that was great. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. I loved having you on. And for anyone at home, if you've got any questions or anything like that, um, feel free to leave a comment or review and I would love to hear about how you yeah, thought about the episode and anything you've been thinking about and you can find this and more on Spotify sending you all the peace and love and have a good week thank you, thanks Callum thank you very much for having me <laughs> it was awesome <laughs>